Would you like to accelerate your career and reach your full potential in just minutes a day? Welcome to the LeadX Show with New York Times bestselling author and Inc. 500 entrepreneur, Kevin Cruz. How do you keep track of all your delegated tasks? Is it possible for an employee to keep their boss engaged? Hello, everyone. I'm Kevin Cruz. Welcome to the LeadX Show, the smartest way to start your day. Today is the weekly wrap-up where we broadcast live via video on Facebook. We get to take our time. We get to rant. We answer your questions. And today I'm joined by LeadX editor Tara Millette. Hello, Tara. Hello, Kevin. Good to be here. <laughs> a second hello because I greeted you with our Facebook Live audience just minutes ago. Sure did. But now it's the real deal. So what's going on in your world? You've lately been telling us about giant slices of pizza not mm -hmm. getting deported. What else yeah, is going on? Yeah, good things. Actually, I've made some progress in the on the pizza front. Uh, for anyone who's keeping track of uh, my health woes, uh, I've been definitely uh, doing better these days. And I have to say, uh, my boyfriend and I, we, we're, we're relatively healthy eaters. And I know, Kevin, you are too. You're kind of partly vegan, vegetarian. Try you try. And we all try, right? And so do we. And uh, and I was thinking to myself not too long ago, I was like, you know, we buy healthy food, but we we still aren't kind of losing weight and feeling as trim as we would like. And so I started thinking about it and I was like, you know what it is? We kept buying healthy food that was that kind of fake healthy food. And so what I did is I eliminated two of our favorite healthy, quote unquote, snacks, and we feel so much better. Uh, and what are they? It's, I know it's, it might shock some people. It shocked me, but um, popcorn and uh. peanut butter. And Ooh. they're not, you know, they're not unhealthy things. You know, natural, just salt popcorn is not going to hurt you, but it's, uh, and it's got fiber and stuff. It's not that bad, but it, it makes you retain water. It's a lot of sodium. And then peanut butter, I mean, we would, we would put it on rice cakes as like a treat. <laughs> A healthy treat. A healthy treat, right? A little bit of peanut butter, a little rice cake, no harm. I mean, I did the math. We must have been putting at least two tablespoons on. And and as most of you know, that's about 400 calories. So, But isn't that scary? I think most people don't know, right? And, that's and I've, scary. That's what's shocking. I forget because you think it's a peanut and it's got protein. So if you're trying mm -hmm. to not eat a lot of meat, you want your protein up. Exactly. Um, and the the problem is, especially if you're you're buying uh, like Jif or whatever. First of all, there's so much sugar, so in, much in the calories. But even the healthy non-added sugar stuff is it's got so much fat and stuff. I mean, it is a lot of calories. It's great if you're an athlete, if you're someone who's training regularly and you need that extra kind of caloric intake. But when you're couch dwellers like me and Ryan, it, like your body's like, I don't need this. I'll just store it. And then you're just kind of stuck with it. But it was one of those realizations where I was like, well, geez, of course, this, the scale isn't budging. I keep, you know, thinking I'm eating healthy and I'm not. So we've eliminated those and we just have hummus and veggies that we chopped up in the fridge. So you don't have to think about it. And I have to say those just those two simple things of elimination was very helpful. Well, those are those are some good health tips. And I like what you yeah. just said, like veggies chopped up ahead of time in the fridge, because if you have to put the work in when you're hungry, psh, not going to get done. Right. God, I'm so lazy. But what about you? How are you doing? Uh, I'm doing great. I'm tired. Like I'm, I'm breaking all my own 15 productivity secret rules by not getting no. sleep and I've cut down on my exercise and all that. So it's been like many days of, I don't know, five hours a night of sleep and it's starting to catch up uh, to me. 
But um, a good week otherwise. I'm going to wrap up today another book chapter. I'll only have one more to go, and that's been just hanging over me. Um, and as you know, like I had a crazy good week because on Monday I met Al- Alan Alda. Like I got, I, did. I went to New York. We, I talked to him for an hour, including a recorded podcast interview. So it's probably, I don't know what, four weeks away from now it'll get released or something. But, um, like I'm, I'm a changed person having <laughs> Alan Alda. Like it's crazy. He is a remarkable person. You know, it was just incredible. So, I mean, I can't complain. Some days it's good to be me. Yeah, it, that's, I am so jealous. That is such a great thing. I should have probably just stowed myself in your in your day luggage or something. Well, maybe. <laughs> well, it's, I mean, I don't want to jinx it. And probably uh, if anyone from his team like listens or watches are going to think I'm becoming like an Alan Alda stalker or creeper or something. <laughs> it's not like that, but, um, you know, but he, launched, he launched a new training company this year. And so- mm. His last book was, which is very good, is is all about um, communication and uh, communicating more effectively, and how do you build empathy and connect to to make your point. And then he launched the training company. So, given the you know years of experience I've had in the training community, they were really um, interested to you know ask me questions, pick my brain just about certain connections and associations and all that. So we had a good chat, and I have a feeling this won't be the last. Uh, Cruise Alda encounter in the future. You know, I think that there could be ways that our two companies might be doing some stuff together and everything down the road. So it's pretty neat. Watch out, lead Xers. Alan Alda is going to replace me on the Friday wrap ups coming soon. <laughs> I have a feeling. You know, Tara, not that you're. I wouldn't play, them, but <laughs> I would, I would, I would honestly probably scream bloody murder if you if you're like, no, I'm sticking with that. You you know what was partly why I think I'm like so jazzed about that meeting is I don't know if you're gonna remember this but like when <laughs> when I interviewed uh, Captain Sully Sullenberger you know the guy who landed the plane in the Hudson yeah. Miracle on the Hudson you know I I did all this prep work and I was all excited about it and I did all this stuff and it was like a disaster like you know it was a short interview it didn't go the way I thought I didn't feel like. I didn't have a bonding moment with Captain Sully. And so I think this was like the next big, like, how the heck did I get this interview? And I better not blow it kind of thing. And it just went really well. I mean, nicest guy in the world. Like, whereas Sully wanted like less time on the interview, Alan Alda was like hanging around. I mean, it was just really a neat experience. And so it, it, it uh, talked me off that ledge. Like, okay, I can talk to important people on the lead X show. It'll go, it'll go okay. You know, it's so so funny. I think it's probably really interesting for our viewers and listeners to know that, you know, sometimes you feel like interviews don't go well, because as a listener, you probably don't hear that. I know I never do. You say stuff like, oh, I don't think I I don't feel like I did very well. And then I listen to it. I'm like, it sounds great. It sounds like they really had a great back and forth. So it might be in your head. Glad you have (laughs) low standards, Sarah. Like like that. Makes you feel good. So... Anyway, hey, I know that we've got uh, this is the Q&A show, but it's also what we like to call Fan Mail Friday, even though live it's Thursday. (laughs) (laughs) So um, did we get any uh, email we want to share before we go to questions? We sure did. Let's uh, kind of soothe our egos a little bit here with this note from Natalie Van Dort. And she says, "Uh, I signed up to your daily emails a few months ago and love the bite-sized inspiration you provide. I have a few of your quotes on a post-it note uh, on the side of my screen to remind myself from time to time. And this week I asked on my personal Facebook page, 
page to describe me in three words as per one of your snippets. And it was indeed interesting to read. I just wanted to thank you for your continued inspiration and reminding me I am not alone in any of this. Many thanks, Natalie. So beautiful. Very nice, very nice. And I like the post-it note idea. I see that sometimes, but I, I think I should try it. I know. I um, I have more post-it notes than I should admit to right now, but um, yeah, I like that a lot. And um, thanks, Natalie. And it's a good reminder to everybody, like we really do read every single email that gets sent to us and we try to read on the air as, as many as we can. So, you know, that's, we're all about that family connection. So don't be shy, send us some emails at, and people who email Compliments, often I'll be like, okay, but what's one thing that we could be doing better? So often I zing them back and insist on some constructive feedback. So we like that too. Absolutely. And uh, just for anyone who's curious, the uh, the, the Facebook uh, snippet that Natalie's talking about, I think is from the Dory Clark interview on unique branding and finding your brand. So if anyone wants to try what Natalie did, feel free to check out the Dory Clark interview. Uh, but awesome. And I guess now we're moving on to the review of the week on iTunes. All right. Let's do it. Uh, this one's from Stacy H331, which almost looks like Stacy He, but uh, not quite. <laughs> uh, she says, Great leadership advice. I love this podcast. As a new leader, I'm able to learn from each episode and make improvements to my skill set. It is easy to follow with meaningful content. Stacy, thank you so much for writing that review. And if you're listening, please send us your shipping address to infoatleadex.org and we'll send you some super cool swag as a thanks. And for anyone listening out there reviewing, um, your review can be as short and sweet and great as Stacy's. No need to go long. I know I tend to yep. pick the long ones. No, I was going to say, this is a good one to plot because <laughs> it shows that we love the one or two or three sentence reviews just as much. I gave the wrong impression. I kept reading the long ones, you know. But we're we, we love all getting them. all that praise. We like yeah, the long ones. <laughs> that's the thing. I like when people go into detail and tell us their journey. But, you know, obviously don't feel like you have to do that. Take, you know, two seconds, go over to the iTunes, subscribe, and leave a quick review. It, it, it does a, a great favor to us. I also just want to remind everyone, if they go to leadx.org, O-R-G, click the little events menu item on the top, you're going to see all the upcoming webinars. Uh, we've been doing a whole bunch of free training via webinar and free video courses, productivity topics, uh, communication skills, leadership. Uh, so check it out. There's, we've got a lot of good stuff coming up. Absolutely. And I've been, yeah, I've been going on a, an online course binge lately, and it's just making me more and more excited about what we have coming down the pipeline because uh, we've got a lot of great stuff coming. So definitely check that out. All right. Uh, are we ready for questions already? I guess, wow, we're speeding through, huh? Yeah, this is, uh, we're moving fast. <laughs> I think that's a good thing on this episode. We're going to keep this one humming. Yeah. Um, and if anyone out there wants to on Facebook live video, uh, feel free to type in comments or questions right now. And if they have the time, we'll go ahead and tackle some of those uh, a little later. Okay. Question one, this one's on productivity and it's from Josh. He says, um, I'm still struggling with delegating tasks. Other than using a few pages in my notebook, there doesn't seem to be an as fluid way to do it. A lot of tasks are delegated via meetings, email, or side chatter. Having to always go back to one source and write it all down or save every email into a follow-up box is just not working. Any tips? Are there any books, blogs, or places that you recommend that would fuse tracking delegated tasks with the same personal task management process that you outlined in your book? 
Quite a challenging yeah, question. <laughs> yeah, that, that's a tough one. I mean, I think that um, because the advice I give in my book is actually not to have a to-do list, put everything on your calendar, I do get asked this a form of this question of, well, what about other people's tasks or to-do lists? Like when you lead a team, how do you kind of, where do you track whether they've actually done it or not? And Josh, I think there's no perfect answer. Like I always like to carry a notebook. And if you can just jot, you know, underneath some, maybe it's a page for every person's name that reports to you. And that's at the front of the book. And you just keep adding little bullets and then cross them off when they're done. I mean, that might be the most uh, effective way. Um, I've used different methods uh, over time. Right now, our company runs on a software called Basecamp. That's sort of our communication and project management platform. So I will message, they call them pings in Basecamp, but I'll message Tara something. And because I'm kind of amped up like this, I'll put like in all caps, to do colon, so she knows like, okay, this is an actual thing that needs to get done and, is, and Kevin's tracking it. And for most items, I mean, if it's really important and I wanna follow up on it, there will be a separate document where I keep track of to-dos that go to you know various um, people. But before Basecamp, I just used to have an Excel spreadsheet that was like team dashboard or something. Every team member that reported to me was on a different tab. And it's now see part of this is I do uh, weekly one-on-ones. So if Tara and I were gonna have a one-on-one on Monday, I, I would just have this Excel spreadsheet open in front of me, I'm on the Tara tab, and I would just see all the things that are kind of on her plate. And you know, my own style is always, I'm kind of revealing my secrets now to Tara and, and her team members. <laughs> you know, my own style is usually like, what's going on, what's on your mind? And they say whatever's on their mind and I'm looking and I'm kind of tracking, did they talk about all the things that are on the list? And then when they're done, I then say, okay, sounds great. And the things I have, and I talk about the other things to get an update on, on the list. Um, the, so I've used Basecamp, I've used Excel, I have used just a notebook. And then there was a time, I don't know why I didn't stick with it, but um, I just use my phone. You know, there's notepad on the smartphone. And similarly, I would just have each employee's name and some bullets beneath it. And that way, if, if I'm walking by someone in the hallway or I shoot them an email, I would just basically type a note about that to-do item under their name in Notepad. And then whenever I want to follow up, planned or unplanned, I would open that up and just, you know, look at that document. So there's, there is some friction, you know, in any of those methods. I don't know that any of those digital methods are better than the notebook method. Um, but I think the important thing is, Yes, you want to put them somewhere and put them all together in, you know, in one place. Any new ideas, Tara, that you would have for tracking tasks? No, I think you're you're kind of right on the money with that. I also think, you know, you could stand to not overthink it too much. There's great apps out there. I mean, I know Evernote has great templates. Uh, you know, there, there's lots of apps. But if you want to keep it simple, you can do something like a, a, a Google Drive document where... Right. You have a little spreadsheet and you invite everyone. So everyone has access. You can color code it. Hey, when it's, you know, yellow, it's done. When it's green, it means it's, you know, got to get done now. When it's red, that means it's urgent. You know, yeah. little things like that can actually. And then something like that, that people can edit and change. Then you don't have to necessarily worry about it as much. Um, uh, and they Great also idea have the shared document uh, yeah. because then you can just say, hey, I'm a day behind schedule because I'm waiting for whatever. And. There, you wouldn't even need the conversation. Everybody would know the status then. Exactly. And if you ever need to check, you go in, oh, they put, wrote a comment. Oh, this is delayed by one day for this reason. Cool. All right. They're on it. And that's all you really need. You know, uh, I think sometimes there's a tendency to look for these big new apps and these big new, you know, I mean, we have Basecamp and we love it. 
uh, it's worked really well for us. But if you already have internal systems and you really don't want to try to add more to complicate things, then something like a Google Doc that you can share is probably a pretty fair choice. Um, but yeah, I think that's awesome. All right, are we ready for question number two? Yeah. This is from Judy. So she says, I work for an insurance property restoration company. It's a fast paced environment, but I love the work. The industry has been moving rather quickly the past couple of years, and I feel like we're falling slowly behind. We have four teams within the company, and most of the managers, including me, are very new. My boss, who are my parents, are very committed and care for their employees more than anyone I know, but I feel like they're getting burnt out. It's hard to talk about fine tuning the machine they've created. We often find ourselves frustrated because of the lack of training and systems that would help us work together. I feel this would fall on the owner of the company to implement and lead, yet they have a go and get it done attitude and a lack of vision or direction. We've had a lot of turnover because of this. How can someone help their boss become more engaged? Tough question yeah. uh, with, with a tough answer. Like, I, I don't think we can make make anybody get engaged. But before I get to that point, employee engagement, our emotional connection to our company and its goals, you know, it's driven, uh, they say about 70% Gallup research by who our boss is. So it is true, like if the owners, uh, if the, the senior leadership is not engaged in their own business anymore, it's really, really tough for the people who report to them to feel engaged themselves. And when engagement goes down, then that's when we start looking for other jobs and we, we go out the door. So it, it's a good thing to be concerned about. And it's very difficult um, to get uh, people above us, quote unquote, in the traditional org chart um, engaged. Again, reminder that the three big things that drive engagement are growth, recognition, and trust. And so if your parents, the boss of the organization, were to get engaged, somehow the business has to make them feel or support their feelings that they're growing and learning. Uh, the business has to make them feel that they're getting appreciated uh, for, for what they're doing. They would need to feel that the business has a bright future, which is motivating to them. And in um, one last sort of negative note, it just might be that, that that business, their business can't do that for them anymore. I mean, if someone said, Kevin, I want you to go take up golf, how do we make Kevin engaged by golf? I don't golf, I've never been interested in golf. And so would, would I feel connected to growing as a golfer? Would I feel good if someone said, hey, good tee shot, Kevin, is that what they even say? No. They shot off the tee. Good, your nine tee irons shot. looking good, Kevin. It's much better than your B shot or your L shot. <laughs> anyway, so you know, it's just, you can't force it. You can't force it. Now, what I would say is that it's unusual to hear that a business owner, a business leader would not be engaged by their own company. I mean, the thing that they built, the thing that they created, the thing that's paying them. So I would wonder, when did it go wrong? You know, when, when did they become burnt out? When did they get tired? When did they think the future was not gonna be brighter? I mean, I'm not sure, you know, but at some point it seems like something went wrong. And so um, Judy, I would say that if you wanted to try to explore that with them. I mean, what is the long-term plans for the business? Maybe they want to grow the business or make sure it's healthy so they can sell it and make a lot of money. Maybe they want it to grow and be healthy so that you can inherit it or something. So 
you know, it, I think I would start there. We need to know what the future vision is and why isn't that motivating to them? Can you talk to them about the possibilities in the future? So maybe if they know that you're future focused, you're future oriented, that might rekindle some of their passion. But the most we can do for our team members, for our bosses, for our family members, you know, we can't like make someone engaged or motivated. We can contribute to an environment that would help them to, to find it again, you know, uh, themselves. But I would just encourage you to explore those issues around, you know, what are their plans for the business and why isn't that exciting them? And if it is, okay, well then how can they feel like they're learning again or that they're getting recognition and, you know, maybe there's a way to, to rekindle it. I think that's great, Kevin. You know, I never thought of, because I think what you said is so true. It's it's getting to the root of the problem as opposed to trying to put a Band-Aid on the symptoms, right? So they're not feeling engaged, uh, and that's probably because they're not seeing an exciting future. And that's that that probably would help them kind of start feeling a bit more involved and a bit more hopeful. And I think that's so great, because my first instinct with an issue like this about trying to get your boss engaged is that I would want to try to bring them ideas, right? I would try to be like, hey, uh, I noticed this issue. What about this, this, and this? Um, and I've done that a few times, and it hasn't, always, for you. It hasn't always worked <laughs> in my favor, okay? And that's because it, it looks like I'm trying to step on their toes when my intention was to say, hey, I thought about this. Here are some solutions. What do you think? Um, but of course, that doesn't always come across uh, all that great. <laughs> so, you know, but these are, these are, this is family too. So maybe yeah. they would be more open to you saying, you know, cause there's an advantage and a disadvantage with working with family. Uh, right, right. You could say that you're more able to give them constructive criticism cause they're obviously going to forgive you and know that your intentions are very good. But then again, you know, we tend to be the most defensive when our family criticizes us because we care for them. Um, so it, it's a, it's kind of a tough road to go through. But I think Kevin's idea of just getting to the root of it, of why they're not feeling excited, I think that's totally bang on. Absolutely. And, you know, Tara, yeah. I wanted to um, – this isn't directly related to the question, but but your, your answer and your idea of going in with ideas made me remember this. You know, for all of the managers out there, for all the leaders out there, there was a time when my team members when my employees would come to me, you know, complaining about everything that was wrong, usually without a suggestion on how to make it right. Um, it, it used to really bother me and I would get mad and I would think they're just being like negative, um, you know, Debbie Downers, David Downers, whatever the phrase is. And I can remember it was after I had uh, sold my first business. So my new boss, the CEO, Rudy uh, Carson, who's sort of a mentor, um, I had a talented employee, but he just kept coming through my door with all these problems. And I asked Rudy, like, I guess I was complaining. I went through Rudy's door to complain. <laughs> and um, Rudy uh, surprised me. He said, like, I'm like, he came in and complained about this. And Rudy's like, that's great. I'm like, and then he complained about this. Like, that's even better. He just called, thought it was awesome. And what he said is that, you know, signs of complaints or um, coming to the boss with ideas on how things could be better or whatever – these are all signs of engagement. These are signs that you care. You need to worry about your employees, you know, when they stop complaining, when they stop coming up with ideas on how to make things better. Because, you know, that's that's when people basically stop caring, you know. And so, like, if I don't care about this place, it's not worth coming to you with an idea. It's not com coming to you with a problem that I'd like to see solved. And that did change my mindset. And, of course, later as I was doing research for the books – you know, it's the same approach in our personal relationships. 
you know, they, they, they say it's the, uh, you know, it's the couple's, you know, the, that are fighting and everything, fighting doesn't predict breakups, you know, because that still shows they care, they're angry, they're hurt or whatever, but they care. You know, it's it's the opposite of, of love isn't hate. The opposite of love is silence, <laughs> you know? And so when I just don't care about the relationship anymore, I'm not even gonna bring things up to you. So whether at work or at home, we need to think of complaints and problems as gifts. It shows people care and are looking to, you know, make things even better. As a stressed out boss, Tara, I'm not saying I'm going to smile every time you come with a new idea, but <laughs> I do want to encourage it. I do like it. Well, also, I think it's such a great sign if someone's coming to their boss and even if they're just complaining and not offering solutions, it at least shows that they trust their boss enough that they feel safe to go in and complain directly to their employer. Like, that's not easy for everyone. Not everyone can say they can do that, right? So that's also a pretty good sign. It means, hey, all right, this person trusts me enough at least to not just fire them on the spot. Right, exactly. They're complaining. So uh, so that's pretty great. That's um, right. are, there, are there any uh, Facebook questions? Questions that we got? We, no, we've got we we don't have any Facebook questions. I checked in with our Facebook Live audience. We do have viewers all the way uh, in the west in uh, Menifee, California, and oh, wow. all the way to the east in Scotland. Wow! We yeah, are which far and wide. We far and wide, and um, I don't like uh, it's horrible. But the reason why Scotland's been all of our on all of our mind lately is because season three of Outlander just came back on TV. <laughs> So um, <laughs> it's and, uh, horrible that the, the Americans are thinking of Scotland because some TV show, you know. My uh, my back. parents, I think, are actually in Scotland now, believe it or not. Oh, well, well, look at yeah, that. Yeah, because uh, my mom's side, we're, we're Scottish and Irish. I don't know if anyone could tell from my hair, um, <laughs> which is rad for anyone listening. Uh, and Podcast uh, listeners, you have to go on our Facebook page now so that you can actually see Kara. It's pretty obnoxiously red, but... Um, yeah, no, they're out there now and they're just having the best time. It's beautiful. So hello uh, to anyone watching from Scotland. Nice to have you. Say <laughs> hi to my parents if you see them. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Say hi to the parents. So what do we have coming up next week? Uh, we've got some really cool stuff. We have Andre Durand. Uh, he's the, the secret behind $600 million uh, ping identity. Uh, and he's the co-founder and CEO of that. And that's going to be pretty uh, impressive, to say the least, with $600 million yeah. uh, on the line there. Uh, we have John Acuff, a fellow New York Times bestseller. And uh, he's going to teach us how to finish what we start, which is something I'm super excited about, because that's something I, I'm not great at when it comes to my side projects. For, uh, for people who haven't heard of John Acuff, I mean, he, he's pretty pretty big, like a pretty big following and everything. Mm -hmm. um, we, we go, we, we talk about his book and, and how to finish the stuff you started, but um, we end up talking about like how to be funnier, funnier. Cause he's, he's, he's known for that. He's uh, whether you follow him on Instagram or you read his books. And I told him I'm jealous because like reading his books, like there's a joke or not like a, not like a, a, a regular joke, but there's something that's going to make you chuckle. Like in almost every paragraph. So like I read John Acuff and then I'm like, man, I am such a horrible writer. Like, he just makes me feel badly about myself. But he gives <laughs> some suggestions about like some some of his favorite comics to watch, whether it's on Netflix or YouTube or whatever. So that's a fun, that's a real fun episode. Yeah, I'm excited about that. Um, his book sounds really awesome. I'm gonna have to steal it from you. And uh, and then we have Jennifer Q. 
CEO of Jones Soda Company, which is, uh, I'm not kidding, one of my and my boyfriend's favorite sodas. Uh, and she talks about how she turned that company around and made it kind of the the, the niche, uh, you know, craft soda almost uh, company that it is now and, and really made it super profitable. So I'm really excited about that, too. And we're going to have to remind everyone who didn't watch last or listen to last week's uh, wrap up show that no, we are not getting cases of free soda, even though it's open to it. <laughs> we should we should wink, wink, and nudge, nudge to Jennifer again. And <laughs> that's right. That's maybe right. we'll uh, maybe we'll release your episode a little early if we get a little incentive here, Jennifer. And uh, Ex- exactly, you have to name drop you. your favorite flavors or something and see if they miraculously show up. The diet cream soda is pretty sweet. I'm just saying. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was locked and loaded with that one. I was ready for it. <laughs> you were ready for it. So I think uh, I think we're good. But before we wrap up, I want to remind everybody on Facebook to um, go to leadx.org forward slash subscribe. If you want to subscribe and leave a quick rating for the LeadX show on iTunes, go to leadx.org forward slash ask Kevin to submit your questions to uh, so that we can answer it on an upcoming show. And this, uh, I think this concludes it for uh, for this week's episode. And look at that. We didn't drag on for an hour. Yay, we're getting better at this. <laughs> <laughs> My final reminder, until next time, remember, your family, your team at work, your community, we all need you to be a leader who leads with intent. How will you lead today?